0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Sanderlanch podcast. This week we are covering Mistborn, The Final Empire, chapters 6 and 7. Is that right? Yes, 6 and 7. I'm always, I have it right up in front of me and yet I always question. I'm like, wait, did I say the right thing? Anyway, this is Data and with me is... Jack. Jamie. And Joe. And in this week's chapters we get a lot of detail and vin gets her first lesson so without any further ado hold on everybody the sander lanch is about to begin What were your overall thoughts of these two chapters?
1: They weren't quite as action-packed as I was sort of expecting after the last one. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I don't know what I was expecting out of these chapters, but um, it was definitely a bit of a breather compared to what we got last time. Yeah,
0: yeah. We ended last time with a lot of action, and now it's a lot of talking.
1: Yep. Which I mean, you know, talk. The talking makes sense. As far as the whole plan coming together, but then like the lesson was, it's it's it started out fairly quiet, and I presume uh, it'll get more intense next chapter, unless they completely glaze over it.
0: What about everybody else? What'd you guys think?
2: Sorry, I had to just block out the cat.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> of course, that's how cats are.
2: <laughs> it's alright, we're just recording, it's fine. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm back. I liked these chapters. I sort of thought that the the chapter with all the planning, there was a lot of talking. There was a lot of insight into how these characters interact with each other as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you've got Kelsia about who's going to, to do what, how are they going to you know, take down the final empire, what are they going to do, and yet he's already started this plan. So I, I'm sort of thinking about, you know, how, how much is going to involve the input of the other people? How much of this plan is he still sort of keeping to mm-hmm. himself? You know, he, he's acting before he's consulting in some things as well. Obviously things, like, he doesn't have the whole plan, but he already sort of had the idea to, you know, I thought it was sort of an interesting um, interaction to observe this un- like unfolding.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, he definitely, we saw last chapter, he was already attacking these, and he's like, hey, so I think my idea uh, involves some attacking of these houses. <laughs> so, he wasn't waiting for input, that's true. What do you, Joe?
3: Um, a good amount of exposition in the chapters, which I liked. I agree with Jamie, there's some There's some pretty decent character development. They they are really pushing that Vin is being thrust into this kind of world, um, She's having to deal with these people that do things that she completely does not expect because she's not used to the kind of um, the way that they treat each other, the way that they treat her. She's just not used to it. So she's still extremely suspicious and extremely cautious at every single step. Mm. Um, It's kind of interesting to see to see a character from that perspective, because I I feel like I'm a pretty trusting person to the point that I can be somewhat gullible. and, And so. The way that she kind of treats each of these characters, it's unexpected for me. As a person, it's like, oh, I wouldn't do what she's doing. But, of course, I also haven't had the life that she's had. So um, okay. very interesting kind of character development for her. And at the same time, I like that in the next, in the the last chapter that we read, that we're getting into some of the beginning of training stuff for her. So it, I, I, I'm kind of excited these chapters were kind of more of the kind of stuff that I like to... Uh, to get out of books and novels. Um, so I, I really liked them.
0: So you wouldn't be like sneaking upstairs and looking through the keyhole to see what Dachshund is doing when he's in his room?
3: (laughs) No, probably not. I might ask like, Hey, what were you doing in your room? But I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be sneaking around
0: looking through keyholes for sure. Just, just not careful enough if you're not looking through everybody's keyhole, obviously.
3: Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm clearly not cut out to be a thief or um, a crew member of a thief guild or anything like that. So,
0: well, We start out, this, uh, the epigraph here is more talk about how he has to stop the deepness, whoever this person is, and he has to go to Terrace to do it. And it puts in this whole thing that he says that he can feel whatever it is that's their goal. He can sense it and others cannot it pulses in his mind so that's a strange little note there
1: i took note of the fact that it mentions the deepness and i was like can't remember if we've come across that or not but then throughout this chapter when they're talking about the lord ruler uh, vin makes the note that he is the one who saved us from the deepness i thought okay yes, so yeah so again seems like another hint that this person narrating this is probably meant to be him
0: yeah, I think before this chapter, the only time we'd heard about the deepness was the epigraph from the chapter before this, where he's like, the deepness okay. has to be stopped. It's going to leave nothing but dust and bones or something like that.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I, You know, it's so funny all this time I thought, well, maybe these are being written by the Lord Ruler, but when they mentioned when vin kind of mentions that the lord ruler saved us from the deepness it almost makes me because of because of all the false things she believes about the lord ruler that kelsier points out it almost makes me think that maybe it, it's not him maybe these are written by a person who actually saved the world from the
0: deepness and maybe the lord ruler like took credit for it hmm. so you think maybe it's almost too obvious how they they put that in the epigraph of the chapter and then they specifically mention in the chapter that it was right the lord ruler. Interesting.
3: Yeah. Or I mean, I mean, maybe they are just saying, "Yep, that's that that is the confirmation that these epigraphs are being writ were written as like journal entries by the Lord Ruler." But I, I really don't know. I I like and dislike at the same time the mystery that they're kind of building up about the Lord Ruler. I, I'm almost going to feel disappointed if it doesn't if he doesn't like meet the expectations I'm building in my head about him. <laughs> so what kind of expectations <laughs> is that? Um, I, I don't know, like some kind of really, some kind of person who originally had good intentions, but then was corrupted either by power or by some force and, and then somehow became this eternal deity, maybe because he's possessed by something. I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of ways his character could be really, really interesting that I'm just hoping that, that that he is interesting and that it's not just like, oh no, he's an evil
0: person, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, let's see. We start out the chapter with Vin, wakes in a quiet room, and she's like, this is weird, because I'm not shoved in here with, like, 20 other people. I'm not supposed to have my own room. Which is a little bit sad, but we know her life has been like that.
1: Yeah, it's fairly typical.
0: And then she opens her door and just starts spying on people walking by in the hallway, see what everybody's doing, until and spots her. He's like, hey, you should go take a bath. <laughs> You smell.
3: Yeah. I was about to say, you probably think she
0: smells. Well, when you're shoved in one room with like 20 other people all the time, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, let's see. And then I like how as we're progressing here, there's a, a spot where she's like, Clubs is a misting. Uh, Doxson said he was a smoker. I'll probably figure out what that ma- means for myself. She so just keeps thinking these things like, they're going to be trying to withhold this information as long as possible. They're going to make me figure it all out on my own so they can keep this power over me which makes the next chapter all the more interesting because Kelsey's just like, oh, let me explain everything you want to
1: know. I think it's just... I, I suspect Kelsia understands uh, how she thinks. He's probably been there, so he's trying to just do everything possible to completely disarm her suspicions and make her think, hey, maybe things aren't as bad as you think they are now that you're with mm-hmm. us. Whether or not that'll succeed is another matter. I, I'm starting to get the impression that she's going to flake on them at the worst possible time, but... For the moment, it seems like he's just trying his hardest to make sure she's okay and she actually does start to trust them properly rather than just always be on edge, always looking for an exit.
0: That would be interesting if, like, the focal point, one of the focal point characters, like, a main character in the book is just, like, turns and runs at the exactly worst moment.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're, they're laying it on so thick that she is just constantly on edge, like, looking for the betrayal, looking for the problem, and then it, turn, it turns out because of her suspicions, maybe she she is the problem. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. see when we get to it, if it comes up.
0: Right. And you almost feel like when it's setting that up, where it's like there's someone who's always looking for some sort of betrayal or some sort of problem, that it's kind of the perfect opportunity for one of those classic sitcom misunderstandings, where yeah. someone thinks that someone else betrayed them, and it fulfills all of her expectations and so on and so forth. Which I don't know, might not be very fun. Let's see. So she she smells funny. She thinks they put perfume in her bathwater, and she's like, "That's I, I don't like that. It's gonna make people notice me." Uh, and she talks about how clean everything is, how it's kept swept of ash, and everyone's dressed in clean clothes. She knows that the whole crew, like she's, she's never seen them like ash stained like everyone else. Which really goes with her statement, I guess, kind of earlier in the chapter. He's like, these guys are more like noblemen than they are like Ska, even though they're all like technically Ska. Yeah,
1: they actually take the time to clean up. Outrageous, right? Uh, horrific.
0: And then Ham shows up and uh, gets some food, and he says, hey, where is everybody? And Vin knows exactly where everybody is, because she's been spying on everyone at all times. <laughs> and he's like, do you always do that? She's like, yes. He goes, hmm, you're an odd kid, Vin. <laughs> and i also like how right after that she like takes some of these food wraps that are in there for everyone and she's like i'm gonna scrape out like the barley and eat them and keep the bread for later because it'll it'll
1: keep for when i need food you don't need to worry about that they're going to give you more food but
3: again yeah she's just not used to thinking that way she's used to thinking like how can i
1: make this last as long as possible how can i save up for a rainy day that kind of stuff yeah, she just always expects, like, I may not see food again for weeks, so. Yeah,
0: it's a very little pack rat mentality. But yep. you, have, you have to wonder how long it'll take her in this life where people are nicer and feeding her constantly to stop doing that. Oh, and then we get uh, the the kid comes to get her for the meeting. And I, I got to see what you guys thought of this, because he says, You're wanted, ups in the wear above with the doing, with master jumps to the third floor. And I swear the first time I read that, I thought I just had a stroke or something. <laughs> like what the what did he just say?
2: I had to what? read it three times. <laughs> it's, just, it's like what?
1: My immediate thought was was that supposed to make sense? And then I read further down the page, and that was also Vin's th- first thought. Like, oh, <laughs> it's good, so good, good. Yeah, Gosh. it did. I, I thought there was something wrong with the kid, like he was having a stroke, but
3: uh, <laughs> or like that he was he was just like nervous to talk to her, so he just had complete like jumble mouth. But then I guess they explain that it's his his dialect or whatever, which is really
1: weird. His slang or something. Street
0: slang. Yeah. They, they're like, do you always talk in the eastern street slang? And was of the place, yetting when just more stuff. And they're like, yeah, this guy's not going to do well impersonating a nobleman. Let's not use it. <laughs> which I don't blame them for.
1: But yeah, when, when he initially said that, I'm just like, did we just have like... Did they just go into like a high school uh, rom-com all of a sudden? And this is the dude who's just fumbling, asking out the girl...
0: That would be funny, just, like, completely so tongue-tied that he's just, like, not making any <laughs> sense.
1: Just throws the flowers at her head and runs away.
0: We do see that he's, like, blushing when talking to her and, like, avoids looking at her later, so maybe there is something going on there.
1: Yeah.
3: Or maybe he just doesn't talk to women, like, ever.
0: That could be. True. And then we go up to the meeting, and everyone is in the meeting except for one empty chair, who Kelsey still refuses to say anything about. Ham's like, hey, who goes? Who sits there? And he's like, ah, yeah, Wink. <laughs> And so they come up with the framework for the the, they come up with a plan, basically, which we thought that they'd had their whole Ocean's Eleven moment in the last episode where they gather everybody and they're like, here's what we're going to do. But I mean, and Jamie mentioned at the time, she's like, there's a lot of really tough things that they're going to do, and we have no idea how they're going to do these things. And so once again, they answer the question really fast by just being like, okay, here's the chapter where we explain how we're going to do all these things that we want to do.
1: I like that, you know, he's he's got everything right down to the board with the chalk and they're all set up to go. It's like, all right, so we actually really are going to go solid into planning because a lot of places, a lot of stories will just breeze over that sort of thing. So I like how they take the time. It's like, all right, let's start with what are our list of problems that we need to solve? And then start going that and they start writing, all right, so now we need solutions to all these and then we need people who are going to take care of these solutions. Like there's a lot of just laying it all out there but it's like going into every detail you possibly need for a plan like this so mm-hmm.
2: and setting out a timeline and the different stages you know who do we are we going to distract first are we going to get these houses you know against each other you know and and sort of just thinking through the logistics of it which I thought that was quite good especially when we're looking at how alamancy works and things it's very it's very real it's very you know physics <laughs> we we understand how mm-hmm. that works so to have these like i guess real world application of sorting out these problems it's um that's quite good
0: yeah i've I got a bit like of a to timeline too we know that. that
2: they're looking at like a year of yeah a year of planning and, and executing mm-hmm. and you know Which hopefully leads. this isn't something we see resolved in the next chapter <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, the the, the year timeline sort of threw me for a bit because I'm just like, whoa, hang on, don't plans aren't they planning this out because they're going to put things into action straight away? And then I thought thought about it for a second, it's like, no, no, that makes sense. They're trying to raise an army, they're trying to get ten thousand yeah. people armed and trained and ready. It's like actually, no, a year sounds like a like a good time like a good time frame. It just means right. that like there's more time for things to go wrong.
2: And <laughs> raising That's an true. army out of a group of people who so far haven't been willing to yeah you know actually join the rebellion. They're, not, not interested in participating so they already know that that in itself is going to be a challenge and even the concept of a year i think breeze was like oh okay
0: yeah everything that's been happening up till now in these first few chapters is happening so fast that it's suddenly like wait a year but yeah i mean getting 10,000 people together and training them probably takes a little bit
1: just just a bit
3: a little bit uh yeah i'd just be interested to see in the book how is that going to play out like are they are they going to go through the steps of what's going on in a year or in the next two chapters are we going to be It's – it's been a year. And I've <laughs> Twelve months later. Sh- yeah. <laughs> I've learned all there is to know about being a misborn or so I thought.
0: <laughs> that would kind of fit with how fast things have been moving so far, right? But
1: I feel like just do it.
0: if I they took all this time, time to outline all of that and then we're like, and now all that's done that we just talked about, that would be a little bit insane. <laughs>
1: Just like the total Simpsons moments. Like, boy, that was sure was an eventful last 12 months. I know, so much happened, right?
0: I remember I remember that episode, although I don't remember what episode it was. It was just like, yeah, I won this medal and this thing, and we did this and that.
1: I think, I think that was when a Pooh and his wife had the babies, because it skipped over the ninth month that she was pregnant. Oh,
0: right. Uh, ah, yeah. that makes sense. With the octuplets.
1: Yeah. That's the one. Uh. Classic. <laughs>
3: I just watched the episode uh, where uh, they sue for the rights to Itchy. I
0: oh, think I've seen that one. With with the old guy in his solid gold rocket car or whatever. Oh,
1: yes, that one. Yeah, Kirk Douglas. That's right. Also
0: a classic that, Simpsons.
1: That guy, that guy reminds me of Yiddin.
0: <laughs> he is a grumpy old man. Yeah, it's true. And... I like that one of the problems that they write up on the board is Yedin's bad attitude because he's like, if we're listing problems, what about the fact that we're all insane? <laughs> Which it's like, dude, this is your idea, right? You're the one who came up with the whole thing. Why are you always so yeah. negative, Yedin?
3: They keep like, uh, they keep talking about like uh, taking over the city, and he's like, there's no way you're gonna be able to do this, and and they're like, w- you're the one who wants us to take over the city. <laughs> you're,
1: you're, you're you're the one, the you're one the who's one paying us.
3: Yeah, you're the one who's going to be in charge of the city. Honestly, I think I think what's ha- happening is Yedin doesn't want to be the leader of the rebellion. He wants, as we learn a little bit later, Marsh was the leader the leader of the rebellion mm-hmm. before, and I think he wants Marsh to lead it again. I don't think
1: he wants like, to a, do it. As soon as he saw
3: Marsh in the doorway, he's just like,
0: oh my god, welcome back, thank you! <laughs> yeah,
3: he's just so excited to see Marsh. He's like, please take this responsibility away from me, I don't want to do it. <laughs>
1: Well,
0: given that Marsh shows up after all of the stuff that he's so uncomfortable with happens, I think half of it may be like, oh good, you're here, you can deal with Kelsier because he's out of his mind.
1: Yeah. But it's like, right, when he, when he wrote up uh, Yedin's bad attitude on the board, I thought to myself, alright, that's the best part of the chapter. And then, no, the best part of the chapter turned out to be when he said, alright, now how do we solve these problems? Except for Yedin's bad attitude, we're never solving that.
0: <laughs> we can all agree he's
1: a
3: Yeah. I, I think they they mention something pretty important in this chapter as well. A lot of this plan is predicated on, um, at least Kelsier's objectives are predicated on him knowing how to use the eleventh metal. And he tells them in the chapter like, I don't know how to use it yet. I'll
1: figure it yeah. out. He's got a year.
0: He does. Well, and he even tells us in the the next chapter he's like, you know, if you burn a metal that's not uh, one of the metals that works, that it can do bad things. So I can understand why you just wouldn't down it and try it out
1: what you mean like vin did well huh maybe if i try doing this oh god why yeah it's true she's she's like god
0: it it attacked me it's all that thing's fault he's like no you kind of attacked
1: yourself (laughs) it's like no no no, that that, that one's that one's on you bro he's like there's a reason
3: i didn't tell you how to do it just yet it's not because i'm trying to keep things from you it's because it's dangerous
0: it's just her whole suspicion thing again, where she's like, this is the thing that he's going to try to keep from me. I'm mean, going to figure it out for myself.
3: Which is not great logic, because if he was really trying to keep it from her, he wouldn't have given her all of the medals. He would right? have just given her, like, the ones he wanted her to know about.
0: But he doesn't take offense at it or anything. He's like, "Ah, I, need, I should have known that would happen. You nut. <laughs> um, okay, so they're talking, talking, plan, plan, and Vin realizes, holy crap, they're serious. I thought that they were full of shit this whole time. Uh, you're actually going to try to take over the final empire?
1: And, I think and it was cool that she actually verbalized this for once rather than thinking it. Right.
0: That alone, I think, shows that she's opening up a little bit. Yeah. But uh, it's also where, uh, as we talked about earlier, it's mentioned that the Lord Ruler saved the world from the deepness and then brought the ash in the mists as punishment. <laughs> Some
1: rescue. Yeah,
3: yeah, it just, like... It, it this and this is the, that's those two items are kind of what make me think it's BS, right? Because it's uh, it makes me think of the 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 plot of Final Fantasy X. I make a lot of references. I apologize for people who don't know what I'm referencing.
0: But <laughs> well, like, if the you have played Final, Final Fantasy X, then you
3: right. suck. So yeah, exactly. Oh, so thanks. plot of <laughs> in Final Fantasy X, the big bad creature that they have to fight as the boss is is the doctrine all the religious doctrine says that he's the physical incarnation of their sins and that if they atone for their sins that he'll go away and it's like yeah that's not actually what's happening at all spoilers (laughs) true but the game came out in 2001 so if you haven't played it in 19 years you know it's your own fault
0: that's probably true the giant monster called sin turns out not actually sin um and it kind of is almost at odds with the guy that we're seeing in the in the epigraphs who seems like kind of a nice dude and kind of concerned about the things that he's having to do. And so then to after that, for him to have turned around and been like, now I'm going to punish all of you who did not have faith in me. But maybe it was just, you know, he yeah. beat the deepness and got some sort of power that... Corrupted
1: maybe him. The, maybe the yeah. maybe the process like was like of beating the deepness was so traumatic it uh, broke him and like he succeeded but he came out of it a changed man. Mm. You know, he he who fight monsters and all that sort of stuff.
0: Mm. And so the Kelsey starts asking for ideas and everybody's like, well, this sounds really impossible. And this is where they talk about like there's no way to get the sky to rise up in a general revolution. They just are too beaten down over a thousand years of being. Lord Ruler slaves to actually revolt. Which is why you have to get a smaller group to kinda of do this.
3: They think they have a good union, but they don't. They're
0: basically, <laughs> slaves. <laughs> I don't think they think they have a good union. They have to they have to brush ash off of plants yeah. all day long and get beaten. Sure, sure. Although apparently Clubs is a ska with like a fairly prestigious position.
3: Yeah, they make mention of that. It almost makes me think of the French classes in um, in Tale of Two Cities, where it's like you've got the you've got the peasants, but then you have the people that are tradespeople, and they're a little bit higher
1: up in the class system. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, like they're still the same, you know, lo- lower class, but they're so talented, it'd be stupid to ignore the fact that they'd be useful, right. more useful in this capacity than as just go brush the ash off the street or something. Is is the fact that he makes stuff, like he's a woodworker. Is that why he's called clubs? Because he makes clubs?
0: I don't know that we've seen him make clubs, although he does mention that he could make some more staffs.
1: Maybe. Yeah, it's like, he, he, he talks about, oh yeah, I could churn out an extra staff or two a day, and like, it, it, wait, is that why you're clubs?
0: Well, I mean, you know, yeah, I don't know that we we want to get too deep into why anyone's called anything, although we did talk about Breeze, and you're like, it totally fits for Breeze to be named Breeze, because he's this like easygoing kind of asshole guy. But yeah. uh, then you start looking at Ham,
1: and I'm well, like, i I was just short know. for Hammond. That's true. I don't know. Because, yeah, you know, the kid like, we need a character from Top Gear.
2: <laughs> the kid who is um, Club's Offsider, though, I think they, they talk about his name and that it's a bit of a. that he's probably going to need a nickname as well. So maybe they just get nicknames.
0: Maybe it's not necessarily yeah.
2: related to. Do we yeah,
3: his name's even like know? She's like
0: Lesterborn Knees or something.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Do we even know if Vin is her actual name?
0: We, Is that confirmed? So it may be like a, a thief could, name. Could be a nickname, yeah, possibly. Since all the thieves seem to... a lot of the the guys that she worked with in that crew didn't seem to really have nicknames though. They had more name names, Camen yeah. and Ulef and Marin or whatever the guy's name was who's right. in charge now.
3: Well, it would just fit with her character to be hiding because if especially if she was the daughter of a nobleman, that she you know she may not want to be using her real name just in case.
0: I don't know if an illegitimate daughter of a nobleman even gets like a uh, last name in the society because they're not supposed to exist.
1: Just on the topic of names, actually going back a bit to the Lord Ruler, Vin mentions the fact that like he's seen as the creator and you know punisher of humankind and whatnot. The fact that he was mentioned as the creator sort of stuck out of my mind. It's like if he's created everything and made this, why is this the final empire? How can he, how can there be like an empire before this one if he created everything?
0: You're right. That doesn't make much sense.
1: And you we clearly we can't create it. It's, it's like it's it's not the final empire. if It's also the right. first one. It, yeah. I mean, I well, it just, can that's, be that's, if that's... he doesn't
2: intend for there to be another empire after him.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I guess. Oh, maybe, you could you get just as much out of the only empire. The only empire,
0: right?
2: <laughs> the final empire is way more dramatic.
1: Yeah, it, that's yeah, true.
2: No, setting yourself up for someone to, to challenge accepted. <laughs>
3: He he clearly has enemies outside of his kingdom, though, because they talk kind of about that as, as like he needs to keep he needs to keep, you know, his his city safe from whatever is out there trying to attack him or whatever. So there's obviously peoples that I feel like are not under his rule or if they or if they are, they they kind of treat it as like, uh, I mean, yeah, he exists out there, but we kind of do our own thing here.
0: Because I think when they're talking about how he has his armies out there, it's like because those areas are away from the center of his rule, so they're more likely to revolt. And that's why his armies are kind of out on the edges. So, yeah, there's definitely some logical uh, issues with this religion. And I feel like in one of the uh, epigraphs we read, he maybe even talked about if it it really is the Lord Ruler, which we're still kind of up in the air on. But he talked about like some other kingdoms or something that existed at the time. But uh, we also don't know a thousand years later how much of the story survives as, you know, fact and how much is just religious dogma or something at this point. Yeah, point. So he's been in charge for a thousand years. And here's where we start talking about turning the great houses against each other and Breeze and Hammond settle their bet because uh, it's like, yep, Kelsey, <laughs> was sure behind that thing that happened last night.
1: I did like that. I thought that was that was a really cool little moment. Yeah, I also wonder
3: what Breeze thought happened since he made the bet against it.
1: Well, apparently the
0: rumor was that, like, what was it, three full Mistborn showed up and tried to assassinate Straff Venture, they said. So he's like, wow, that guy has a high opinion of himself.
1: (laughs) I mean, like, people in glass houses and all that.
0: (laughs) So true. And then Breeze also says the entire point of life is to find ways to get others to do things, uh, to do your work for you. Don't you know anything about basic economics? I also oh, like
1: that. Gosh. He's just such a jerk. <laughs> and I, I did like, a, like, like, he annoys Ham. He's just, just like, oh, it was a rhetorical question. That's the best kind, damn it. <laughs> yes,
0: like. Kelsey has to get everybody back on track. Like, okay, Ham, I know you love uh, these theological arguments, but not right now. We're trying to figure out how to do this thing.
1: But I mean, like as much as Breeze is a total dick, this chapter also exemplifies the fact that he's not an idiot. He's the one who points out a lot of the problems they're going to have and and mm-hmm. a lot of the things they need to overcome as they go throughout the chapter. Like he picks up on things a lot quicker than a lot of the others do. So, oh. I guess it makes sense. A guy who's so interested in looking out for himself and um, is always can always spot a problem to himself.
0: Yeah, you, you got to figure most of these guys don't survive long if they're not uh, – they don't got a good head on their shoulders in this sort of world, even with the more refined thieves. But
1: Yeah, uh, but it was it was just the fact that uh, – I think it was a couple of times he picked up on things before anyone else in the room did. And it's like, uh, guys, this is a problem, and they've all just gone, oh, yeah, yeah, he's right. Yeah, that's
0: I – mean, I even see one here where he's like, I hate to sound contrary. That's usually Hammond's job. But uh, we have to figure out how to get rid of the garrison, and Doxon's like, yeah. yeah, he's got a point, dude. Yep. And Doxen I think, is really filling out Joe's prediction of him in during this meeting. He's, like, the 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 guy who figures, who, he's taking notes about everything, and he's the guy who's talking about logistics of how to do things. He's like, we gotta get <laughs> the shipments out here, and make sure that every, everybody will fit in the space. And
1: Luckily, like, Vin's just like, when
0: did he get that notebook? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, did you just wear, it? okay, he's taking notes
3: now? When did that happen?
0: <laughs> And she mentions earlier, like, she's like, I didn't, she didn't mention to him that she knew Dachshund was in his room scribbling on papers, which just gives you the impression that she doesn't think much of writing. She's like, he wasn't writing something. He was just scribbling on some papers.
3: Yeah. She doesn't know what he's doing with paper. It's like, she's never done anything with paper. So he's like, he's just got some papers and he's doing something with him. I don't mean, I don't know what it is.
0: (laughs) And then they get, Kelsey starts to push Vin for an idea. Like, Hey Vin, what do you think? Nobody else in the room has an idea. And she's like, no, don't, 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 don't look at me. I don't, I don't know what's happening here. Don't, please. And Breeze even tries to be like, don't, don't intimidate her. It, she's just a kid. And he's like, no, no, come on, Vin. What do you got? And she manages to come up with the idea for how to, or at least the the seed of the idea for how to get the garrison
1: out of the city. <laughs> there's that great moment where she says, and everyone just kind of looks at each other and just goes, oh, 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 oh that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Breeze is like, oh, now
0: that's devious. And. Vin doesn't even know exactly what she's come up with, but she's like, hey, I'm helping. <laughs> you did the thing. But then she finds out she has to help in another way, and she is not at all prepared for that.
1: I mean, in fairness, it doesn't sound like anyone was prepared for that, because Kelsey is already ready to, th- to say, and uh, we'll get Doxin to impersonate someone. And Dachshund's just uh-huh. like, um, I'm, I'm sorry, what? He's like, uh, we didn't talk about this, I can't do that, no, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> like, would it kill you to ask me for once? <laughs>
0: Oh, see, now I've got a cat in the way. Cat, move.
2: not even a, it's not even a, you know, he doesn't want to do it. He can't do it. He's been marked.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's interesting because Ham says that, like, every job you do in Luthadel, you got to have somebody, like, spying on the nobility. But then it turns out that, like, none of these guys can really do it. Breeze is like, I've done it way too many times. People would know who I was. And Doxon mentions, interesting tiny note there, that he's like, the Lord Ruler saw me and he has the perfect memory. So I guess that's one of the Lord Ruler's powers
1: my mind immediately goes to, all right, which metal does that one? Right?
0: It doesn't seem to be any of the ones that we know about.
1: <laughs> no, I'm still hung up on this ninth metal that we don't know anything about yet. Mm-hmm. I
0: think you're kind of meant to be at this point, because we've learned, it's like there's ten metals and we've learned about nine of them. Why can't I know the last one? Um, we also find out that uh, Kelsier has killed a nobleman and replaced him. And that...
1: So that, that was like lord reno uh that was the one he was talking to the peasants in the prologue about like the one who says oh he treats his scar fairly and pays them a wage and isn't a monster so (laughs) it's it's not that he met someone who does who actually is kind to the scar he just set that up so he could tell the truth to them in a manner of speaking
0: yeah i wondered if you'd pick up on that that was the same guy that he'd mentioned before but yeah
1: yeah and and because i
3: didn't I wasn't expecting the fact that Kelsier had replaced him. I was like, oh, no, this guy really is a cool guy, like you mentioned in the prologue. But then that turns out to not be true.
1: <laughs> no, nope, turns out he was probably as bad as the rest.
0: And not just killed and replaced him. And Yedin's very upset about that. Yedin's like, what? No. You can't just go around killing noblemen. And Kelsier's like, dude, we're going to overthrow the entire empire. There's going to be a lot of dead noblemen on the floor before this thing is done.
1: Yeah. I really it's feel like, like Yedin you just has was not to through at all.
0: It yeah. really doesn't seem like he has Right And
3: that's why I think he's like begging for somebody To take the responsibility away from him Because he's just like I don't know what to do This is crazy I don't know if I could do this
0: And it's yeah, Yen's upset about that And it leads to another one of those things where he's like This is a big risk that I don't think we should be taking And they're like well you can always call the job off And we'll keep your money <laughs> They're just going to keep going back to that Well like, well, Yen, if you're unhappy Then uh, you know we can just keep the money It's okay Breeze is like, don't be afraid of offending us. I look favorably upon free money.
1: It's like, Which, can't really argue with that. No,
0: yeah, I'd totally be saying the same thing in his position. I'm like, hey, I love free money, sure. <laughs> uh, and then it turns out that not only has he just, like, replaced this guy, it is apparently something much worse than simply having replaced him. Breeze is like, oh, this is, like, ten times worse than what you thought it was, Yet, and you don't want to know. And he's <laughs> like, you're right, you know, I, I, I don't think I want to know. Let's just keep going. <laughs> So any theories about what exactly that means?
2: I sort of thought maybe it was a mist race. We don't really know yet. We know that he can't come into the city. So, yeah, may, maybe maybe that that was my theory.
0: It has talked about them taking people's faces before, so that almost kind of fits. Mm.
2: And it's ten times worse. No one wants to talk about it. No one really knows much about it. But Kelsey is quite comfortable in the mist. Yep. So that seems like something that would be up his alley.
0: I also like that Vin is really curious about what's going on, but she doesn't want to ask because everyone else in the room, except for seems to understand. And she's like, I don't want to be that person who doesn't get it. And then we get to Vin having to impersonate a nobleman because nobody else can do it. Lester Bernese talks ridiculously and everyone else has like been spotted or would be too obvious. And Kelsey really doesn't, uh, he doesn't, has, he? He doesn't even wait to get her sign off much. He's like, "Hey, how good are you at, at, at impersonating open? She's like, "Well, I've never actually." You're fine. You're fine.
1: I did think great. that was a bit sudden because he instantly wrote off Club's nephew, just like heard him speak for two sentences, like, "All right, well, you, you're clearly out." Uh, and then goes to Vin and doesn't even try to give it, like any tests or anything like that. He just says, "What about you? Yeah, yeah, you're good." Do, do, do you want to think about that for a second? Yeah. I guess that he's I, already
2: had a little really, bit more interaction with her. Yeah.
1: Her.
3: It really made me think that that was his plan like all along was to have her do that.
0: I could say that. Well, and if it wasn't for that, she wouldn't really have a job in the job at this point. So maybe you're right. Like what else would she be doing?
1: Well, so she's, she's sneaking around, around. apprenticing. Yeah. She's apprenticing for him, so probably just shadow him be. <laughs> she, she's going to be his uh, executive assistant.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. Sneaking around <laughs> stealing uh, barley wraps or whatever. <laughs> Bay raps.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I, I guess maybe Kelsey is hoping like if Cammon uh, was like the expert actor of the street crews, then maybe his crew should also know how to act good. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it seems kind of like Breeze is probably a good actor. It's just he's done it too many times. Hammond's like, I I can't act. You know that I'm bad at that.
1: <laughs> he blows his cover because someone asked him a rhetorical question. <laughs> I also it, it also.
3: It also may just because he he wants other than training her and, and teaching her about the misborn stuff, he wants her to be invested in the in the job, because mm-hmm. if if uh, I mean, she really other than learning about her power, she really has no reason to tie herself to these people, which she mentions quite a bit. It's like if it wasn't for me wanting to know how how uh, I fit in with these powers, like, I, you know, she may just go. She might have just gone off on her own.
0: Yeah, like the second she learns about all the metals, she's like, okay, I'm out. And then we get in to talk about the Lord Ruler, and Kelsey's like, I'm going to kill him if I can make this metal work, but if I don't, we'll figure out something else. And Yedin's like, well, what? And Kelsier's like, look, you didn't hire us to kill the Lord Ruler. That's just a perk that I'm going to throw in if possible, but it's going to be fine. Without all his armies and stuff, you know, he's probably fine. Don't worry about
1: it. So, yeah, what are you going to do? Ah, that's your problem.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, you hired us to make you an army and give you a chance to seize the city. After that, it's all, your, it's all your problem. We don't care anymore. We will be rich. And I like Breeze's quote here where he's like, though, if you think about it, hostile, dethroned pseudo-deities probably make disagreeable neighbors. You'll have to figure out something to do with them.
1: <laughs> it's like, that's, that's not untrue. All of it.
0: And then we get Marsh. Kelsey is just like, oh, Marsh will handle the ministry. And you hear like, hell, I will.
1: Because apparently Marsh is just as good at kills here at the timing his dramatic entrance. Yep. I <laughs> wonder how long tank. he's been standing there. Just <laughs> he's just waiting outside the doors. like, all right, I need a good line where I can burst in and really cut him down. Oh, there's one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of the end of the chapter. He's going to start talking. He's going to have a conversation with his brother. And we get into the next epigraph where it talks about how uh, the, this guy who's off to defeat the Deepness has hired some terraceman. As Pac-Man, and one in particular, this guy named Roshek, is handsome and you know charismatic, but like super hateful. He's like, it amazes me that anyone could listen to a guy who speaks such hatred. He's never seen Clenium, yet he curses the city. He doesn't know me, and yet I can see the anger and hostility in his eyes.
1: So when they mentioned Clenium, I went back to the map and I'm like, is that anywhere on here and i don't think it was so i'm just like all right well if this is in the distant past is that like do they rename it luther dell mm. could be yeah it
0: definitely doesn't seem to be anywhere on the map the map of yep. the final empire although yep. there is the terrace section of the map like the terrace dominance which i think in a previous uh epigraphy told us it was up north which is totally where it is on the map so yep. that part fits at least
1: yeah the snowy mountains to the north or whatever yeah I mean, I, I assume they're Snowy Mountains. I reverse. don't think we've actually had a description, but just the fact that he's gotten, like, the local Pac-Man makes me sort of think of the Himalayas. Right. I, I agree. It gives me that same impression.
0: And then we meet Marsh, who apparently kind of looks like Kelsier a bit, because they're brothers, and him and Kelsier have a whole thing, and we won't get into all the details about it, except to pick on a couple of things, like... The one that really sticks out to me is uh, the little, very short interaction they have about Kelsier's wife, and Marsh is like, you know, sometimes I wish that she'd been the one to come back from the pits instead of you.
1: But he, meant, he mentions that in spite of what she did. I'm like, okay, yeah.
3: yeah, which makes me think that maybe they both loved her, and and that she stayed with uh, Kelsier.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and so
0: yeah, I, I feel like. In that short, like two or three sentence interaction, you read a whole world of history between these two brothers over this girl. But beyond that, it, it does come out that he used you know was formerly the leader of the Ska Rebellion, but he's stopped that life now. He's gone on. He's a, a regular guy, running a business or something. Somebody that we we know that Vin and Kamen tried to scam him, and that's how they picked up on the fact that she was uh, that she had powers in the first place because Marsh detected that.
1: Because that's his, like, he's a seeker, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Kelsier
0: mentions him being a seeker who can detect when other people are using Allomancy. Right. And I also, I like the part where he stops and he's like, so who came to who, Kelsier? Did you go to Yedin, or did Yedin come to you? And Kelsier totally sidesteps that question by being like, well, what does it matter, really?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Which, you know, may, may go kind of hand in hand with his ulterior motives which is to kill the Lord Ruler. He's like, I'm going to figure out a way to do this mm. and to do that I'm going to have to make it appear as if the Rebellion is hiring us so that I can get close to the Lord
1: Ruler. Yeah, He's my excuse.
0: He definitely has a personal stake in this and it seems like wants some personal revenge for being sent to the pits and for losing his wife there. But in the end, Marsh was like, you know what? You actually seem legit this time. We'll talk. And then we find out the VIN was uh, totally like watching at the keyhole. This whole conversation, also <laughs> that girl.
1: I did think it was the bit. The bit that I related to in this whole conversation was when uh, Kelsey turns around and says, "Hey, you always told me I should do something meaningful with my life. Well, now I am. Why are you complaining?" And I'm just like, "Wow, was Marsh like the father surrogate?" during like growing up like what happened to their parents because that seems like the sort of conversation a lot of kids will have with their parents when they do something the parents don't approve of
0: yeah and it i read even more into it than that personally because he's got this thing where he's like you seem sincere this time and it, it seems like one of those relationships where Marsh feels like he's given Kelsier lots of chances to do the right thing. And Kelsier always picks picked the easy way where he's off making money with his thief friends and not really caring about anybody
1: else. Yeah. Doing a whole you don't believe in anything greater than yourself deal. Which, I mean, to be fair, we haven't seen too much
0: of Kelsier that indicates that that's tr- that that's not true.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. I he's think very much bang on the money
0: but uh, he says that this that you know going to the pits changed him he told us that earlier and that there's uh, he wants to do something for the ska in addition to uh, his personal vendetta and i don't know how true you might think that is if that's just you know an excuse for what he's trying to do but he's that's what he's claiming anyway yeah and then uh, vin has not learned not to carry metal on her because she doesn't know anything about how these powers work so he senses her outside and uh, i like the part where She's kind of listening at her own door, and she thinks that, like, he's he's like the hall's gotten quiet, he, he must have left, and then he knocks right next to her head, and totally surprises her, and she's like, he's so good! He's good at this game! <laughs> and she told the trust, he's like, what did you think of Marsh? And she's like, what do you mean? I, I hardly uh, saw him. What are you talking about? And he's like, you're not gonna admit that I caught you, are you? And she wants to smile back, but Reen's voice is coming to her again and saying, the man who wants you to trust him is the one that you must fear the most.
1: Yeah, she's been really traumatized by all this.
0: Yeah, and I mean, her brother has drilled this stuff into her so much that it just pops up in her head all the time, and it's kind of sad. And then they go out, and they're going to start training, although there's the one moment where Kelsey goes into the kitchen, and everybody's in there laughing and eating and drinking and having a good time, and she can't bring herself to do it. She stands outside of the light and just watches inside from the darkness and can't can't join in which is just a really sad moment yeah but
2: she's she notes that it's it's different to what she's heard before like Cameron's crew mm-hmm. you know they it, it was almost a show of it whereas these guys seem to be sincerely friends and on the same page and they actually have a genuine bond and they they care about each other and and this is something she just can't quite understand she she wants to she wants to be a part of that it would be nice to have that sort of she yeah she just can't yet. But it's nice that she's seeing that it is actually different.
0: Right? That maybe something else does exist from what she's known. Yeah. And then Kelsier gives her the cloak. Was, were any of you surprised by this the way that she was where she's like I thought I'd have to earn this in some way.
1: And he's like <laughs> what is there to earn? Like <laughs> earn what? You've got the power.
0: Yeah, he's like this is who you are, Vin. And she likes the cloak and he gives her some metal. And teases her about, you know, uh, maybe you want to look like a, a girl at some point. Just just saying, putting that out there. And we move into our actual, for real, first alamancy lesson. Which, when you get right down to it, it's not all that much new stuff that we hadn't kind of put together from the previous chapters. Because like, even at the end of the last episode, we were talking about, okay, so we've basically figured out what, like, seven or something of these metals do. And for the most part, we were pretty close and to being right on there.
1: Yeah, and it helps that um, you know, we've had other characters who have said, "I'm this, I'm this," and so now mm-hmm. he's like, we're automatically putting it together. It's like, all right, so if you burn this metal, you're a smoker. Oh, like clubs, right? That's what he does, and I guess it just it just makes it more palatable, so you understand. All right, so we've heard of these we've heard of these powers before. This is what this does. It's more just like putting joining the dots together rather than trying to create new information.
0: Yeah, and he also gives us sort of a framework that's kind of interesting that we'd kind of touched on and thought about before, but it's like, the metals are connected, and there's like, I think Jamie was the first one to kind of catch on to it, but it's like, they seem to be paired up where there's a metal that pushes and a metal that pulls, and that's the, that's what he's telling her. And it's, it's most obvious with steel and iron, because they literally push and pull. But just... As a theoretical framework for the allomancy table, which is at the end of the book, that there's physical abilities, there's mental abilities, there's internal abilities, there's external abilities. And each of them is has like these two metals that one is regular metal and one is an alloy of that metal, which we touched on last time. Did did, did I do a convincing act last time of being like, I don't know, is this is this metal an alloy or is it a regular metal? I didn't want to give away too much about the alloys at the time.
1: I think I think I was just hung up on the fact that it's like well it's a it's a fantasy world how they create metals in this world may be very different to how metals are created or you know mined in our world just because in our world you have to use iron to make steel doesn't necessarily mean the same thing in this world so mm-hmm. at the time I'm just like well you know it could just be a standard metal and then no, uh, like it's re- it's real real world applications instead let's go
2: actual real science.
0: Yeah, get, <laughs> it, it gets very scientific, which I think is probably surprising to a lot of people with, you know, why do you need to make your magic, crazy magic system so scientific?
1: Well, um, I mean, a lot of the best fantasy series seem to be doing that these days with yeah. you know, Dresden Files and, um, and yeah, Kingkiller. I think it's nice problems. that there
2: are some rules, though, and they're hmm. rules that are like simple concepts for us to understand because if you like you're applying real-world science to it, which, mm-hmm. I mean I I quite like that. I li- I like facts and I like black and white. I'm not I'm not one for this gray area, you know. Oh, he can move this because he can because he's magic. But why? Why what's making him magic? You know, I, I like that there's there's a reason that they can do these.
0: Mhm. Great.
2: So yeah, I think it's,
0: it's And there's an interesting thing in uh, a funny story in the uh, the annotations for this section because originally Uh, you know how tin is the metal that like enhances your senses or whatever. Originally silver was going to be that metal in the book. And when he wrote the first draft of the book, it had silver as that metal because he thought that silver was used to make pewter. And he says it went back to like when he was a little kid and he was like painting, you know, like the little models that you use for games or whatever, these little lead figures. And the guy at the game store or the hobby store told him that they were going to start making them, out of pewter instead of lead and that they were going to be more expensive And uh, w- when these new ones came out. And he was like, why? And the guy told him, because they're silver in pewter, so that makes it more expensive. And so he went his whole life thinking that silver <laughs> was used to make pewter, and when he wrote the book, he put that in there, and he really didn't want to take it out, because if you'll remember, the people who can use tin, they call them tin eyes, and he didn't think that sounded nearly as cool as silver eye. And so he really
1: wanted to keep I that mean, in there. That's, he's got a point there.
0: Yeah, I agree. But eventually, he's just like, okay, it's not scientific enough if I keep the silver in there, so we'll make it (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
3: that's a a sad
0: problem. (sighs) Okay, so... Vin's first lesson is not about Allomancy, but about attitude. And he gives her a big speech about how the mists are theirs. And, like, this is their world. They're mistborn. And he even gives kind of this ancient thing where he's like they're you know the ministry claims that mistborn are descendants of the only men who remain true to the lord ruler during the days before his ascension but other legends whisper that they were something beyond even the lord ruler's power something that was born on the day the mists first came upon the land so he's he gets very kind of philosophical and stuff there for just a second but it's probably very important to talk her out of like a lifetime of being convinced that the mists are not someplace you should be We've yeah. seen how scared, and frightened the scar are of going out in the mists. And he tells her they don't have to worry about running into anybody. None of the soldiers will care because they'll think they're just, you know, important mistborn people out for some training.
1: I did think it was sort of odd. He mentions that, oh, you, you know, everyone knows that the, the great houses have mistborn, but it's like it's like almost like a social faux pas to ask their identities. I'm like, well, okay, I can sort of see that, but. This is a world where the, where the great houses are sort of competing for financial benefit against each other. So, surely they're going to send out their spies to try and determine those identities so that they know, right?
0: You'd think that, right? And then I think part of it is I mean, and you saw, or we saw, how when a Mistborn attacked Keep Venture, they were like, they assumed that it was like somebody coming to assassinate the Lord of the House because Mistborn is just that dangerous. And so I think part of it probably is, you know, you don't want, you don't want your enemies knowing who your super assassin is necessarily. If they're going to be effective at sneaking around and assassinating people, then if they're a secret, that's even
1: better. Which like again totally makes sense, but it's just yeah, like I think you said like no one asks or it's like, a rude question, like <laughs> I was like oh, so like asking someone's age or something. Is that where we're going with this? But it just seemed like that that's information that is a vital benefit for your enemies to know. So surely there's got to be some sort of spy network out there trying to determine that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he even says, he's like, who who is Mistborn is always the focus of, like, a bunch of gossip. Yeah. Everybody wants to know. Uh, okay, so... He starts showing her how to burn metals. She learns about Pewter, which we already knew about. She learns about tin. And it's an interesting note that tin enhances your senses, but it apparently allows you to see through the mists at least a bit. To the point that she can see stars in the sky, which, I don't know, in, in my brain, enhancing your sight doesn't let you see through something that's blocking it, usually. Uh, so that always seemed like an interesting little note there. That It's like, oh, I can see way further now, which makes me way more comfortable in the mists.
1: I mean, maybe it's like enhancing your sight so it's like not as affected by blockages like that, mm-hmm. I guess is the implication. I don't know. That was that was a really nice moment where she saw the stars and was like got a, got a bit choked up. Thought that was that was that was poetic. Yeah, she had no idea what they were. She's like, what what is that? Like, oh wow, you,
0: you can't even see those uh, on a good night most of the time. So it's it's kind of a sad world when you realize that that it's like nobody can even see stars at night.
1: Sort of reminded me of the bit from Lord of the Rings where Sam and Frodo are walking through Mordor and then they look up and they can see the stars abo- like above them through all the smoke mm. and it's like, oh yeah the world's not completely shit.
0: See, we find out about how alloys are very specific in their percentages for alamancy. Allomancer's pewter is 91% tin, 9% lead and so on and so forth and you can get sick from burning one that's too far away from the correct ratio. I oh,
1: thought that was pretty cool. Nice little addition to have, so it means you've really gotta I'm assuming they probably have to metalwork themselves to get the right metals, they all have to learn to be blacksmiths effectively. You'd probably want
0: to, right? I mean I think he says that you can find people selling like Alamancy metals in if you know where to go in every town. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if you're trying to hide the fact that you're a mistborn you probably don't want to show up at the local Allomancy shop and be like, I need a vial with all eight metals in it, please. Yeah. Yeah. All metals are linked, two for every power, one pushes and one pulls, and the second is usually an alloy of the first. You pull with zinc and push with brass. You use pewter to push your body. Which that's the, the pushing and pulling with tin and pewter seems a little bit like a stretch to make that metaphor work to me. I mean the the pushing your body maybe kind of makes sense because you're making yourself stronger. But I don't see how Tin is really pulling. Yeah.
2: I guess you're pulling more information from your surround.
0: That's true. I hadn't thought about it like that. Uh, da, 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 da. She uses bronze, which she says, oh yeah, that's the that's what Seekers like my brother use. All Steel Inquisitors are Seekers, at at least. Because they have to go and hunt down half-breed children and noblemen who use alamancy improperly.
1: The at yeah, this like say... is a scary note. Because it means that, yeah, oh, but what I... if there are some misborn? Inquisitors. Yeah, that's
3: true. Gosh, I didn't think about that. But I do like that they address the fact that he's not sure if they are Seekers and then become Inquisitors or because they are Inquisitors, they have the power of Seekers.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he really still he doesn't know. They don't know enough about the Inquisitors. They don't even understand how they're alive with giant spikes running through their brains. So and then we learn about Copper and Smokers and how it hides you from Allomancy or from Seekers rather. And it can make you immune to emotional allomancy. And Vin's like, ooh, I need some of that. People keep messing with my head.
1: Which is interesting that Clubs was so worried about Breeze messing with his emotions. And I was like, Clubs, your, your, your allomancy is literally turning Breeze's shit off.
0: Yeah. And that's what Chelsea tells him at the time. He's like, he couldn't really do anything to you unless you wanted him to. And yeah. then Clubs, Clubs says, and it's kind of what led us on a bad path last time. But he's like, you know, with guys like that, you never know how if you're being manipulated copper or no copper. Which led us to to theorizing last time that the copper was the one pulling on emotions or whatever, when in fact the copper is blocks that.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were just looking at it from the wrong angle. Well, it was interesting
2: it's... too. I mean, Kelsey talks about that like consistently burning your metals. I know they say like the the to be burning most of the time, but like too much of it could sort of break them. Maybe mm-hmm. clubs is at a point where I mean, like he's he's running the shop with the front, and he's got people that are also able to. To, like that are smokers but maybe maybe he doesn't use his power all the time and maybe that's why he's sort of somewhat reluctant to say things around breeze in particular but you know he's a bit older maybe he's just yeah he can't
0: yeah Kelsier specifies like if you go around flaring your metals all the time it stretches things too far and things can start breaking which that sounds kind of interesting
1: I mean, it makes sense, like, these are, they're, st- they're still humans, and their powers have to have upper levels as well as lower ones, mm-hmm. or upper limits.
0: Then Vin almost uh, impales herself with a rusty nail until Kelsey stops it. Hey, girl. She's too paranoid for her own good.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, I guess that's one way to learn. I mean, if you, yeah. when you make mis- when you make mistakes like that, you're not likely to make them again. Whereas if he taught her, like, iron, iron pulling and steel pushing, or is it the other way around? Like, if he just tore her straight off the mark, she might have done this in her room by accident at, at one point. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and then we get to his next lesson, which is, he's like, in allomancy and in life, actions have consequences. And if you can judge the consequences, then you will be successful. And so he points out to her, you know, if you're carrying something really heavy, burning pewter, and then all of a sudden you run out, you, you could hurt yourself. And he even says that he's seen guys, like, die from wounds. They just shrugged off when they were burning pewter, and then uh, once their pewter ran out, they're dead. But with iron and steel, it's kind of literal. Pushing and pulling things have consequences. And Kelsey really focuses. He's like, these are the best metals, And, you know, if you can judge what's going to happen when you push and pull on stuff, you will be, like, way ahead of the game. And we know from his fight earlier that he's, like, kind of an expert with these metals. He was really good at using them. So it kind of makes sense that he's like, these are the ones. These are the powerful metals. But he does leave out, in this little conversation, the two higher metals we've we, we get to learn about pretty much all of the eight but the nine and ten we still don't know well we know of course that. she doesn't know what adium is necessarily other than it's really valuable but right we have a pretty good idea that it's the 10th metal from what they've said previously we still don't know
1: what it does i'm still banking on summoning mm. volcanoes yeah that'd be sweet
0: <laughs> but there's been very little talk about the ninth metal so it really makes you wonder it's like is it also super awesome, but impossible to get a hold of? Or is it, like, kind of sucky? I don't know. It's
3: got to be, I I would think, I would want to think that it's a pair like the other metals. So whatever mm. adium does, maybe it does the opposite.
0: So it stops volcanoes.
1: Yeah, sure. So, so is, <laughs> is 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 it an alloy of, of adium? Or, oh, no, that wouldn't make sense, because then it'd be the 10th and adium would be the 9th.
3: Well, I think adium is the one so far that we know doesn't actually exist in real life, so... I mean, I don't know. I guess it, they could say that it's an alloy of adium and we would have no way of knowing.
1: Yeah, true. Just if these like, metals but...
2: pair up... I was saying, if these metals pair up too, we're already looking at an 11th metal. Is there a 12th metal? Are there more metals?
3: <laughs> yes. My um, Yeah, I'm only. I'm almost wondering if the 11th metal like contains all of the metal's powers and it's like um, an unending flow of it or something crazy like that.
0: Jamie's question is actually really interesting, and I was thinking about how to bring it up, but the possibility that an eleventh medal exists, uh, which Kelsey has shown us, it kind of brings some very important questions to the table, because we know that Allomancy has been around a good long time. Uh, we were theorizing before, maybe it started with the Lord Ruler, maybe before that. The Lord Ruler's been around for a thousand years, we know that, so... Allomancy has been practiced for, it seems like, there's a good chance at least a thousand years, and they have this knowledge, this kind of general knowledge, that there are ten metals. So, the possibility that there's an eleventh medal brings the whole thing into question. Because either Kelsier's wrong, or lying intentionally, which is totally possible, or there really is an eleventh allomancy medal, which means that everything they think they know about allomancy is brought into question.
1: Just like James said, some is, is there a twelfth
0: medal? Is there is there fifteen, seventeen? You
1: know. Didn't they make a point that like the eleventh medal is? Um, I think Kelsier said a couple of chapters ago the eleventh medal is like suppressed knowledge by the Lord Ruler because it's like you know, it's how he maintains his power. So if it could be there, are heaps of other medals out there, but the Lord Ruler is just keeping that knowledge to himself because he doesn't want to. It, I don't know. The reading I got was that he has granted these powers to people by his own by his own grace so he's just he's given them what he thinks they need to know and he's keeping the really good stuff away from them so they don't become too Mm. powerful and he hoards that to himself so that he can just stay above it so i think they they made that explicit with the 11th one so maybe there are others out there as well he's just like yeah you you guys don't need that i'm I'm keeping that
0: interesting so you know if i kind of like that idea that there's god knows how many metals out there and he's just hiding the really cool ones from you which if if there's a volcano metal out there then geez what must these other ones do
1: Earthquakes, <laughs> uh, <Dunwakes, laughs>
0: medias tsunami <laughs> <laughs> now it's just like black materia summoning meteor yeah another
3: final fantasy reference for you there
0: in case anyone missed it, he, he, he called it out. It's like, that's pst, That's Final <laughs> Fantasy <laughs> 7, Yo, but I'm not the remake. Seven. The good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then we end the chapter here with Kelsier putting down a big ingot and launching himself into the air and being like, come on, Vin, let's go. And shockingly to me, in a way, she's like, all right, I'll do it. And she just takes off into the sky. Which, with how paranoid she is, I'm really kind of of shocked that she just went for it.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty big leap of faith right there. Yeah.
3: Well, obviously, he could have let her die with a rusty nail, and he didn't, so... I (laughs) feel like maybe she's starting to trust him a little more.
1: I think it's also, like, she's really excited to actually have these powers and be able to do stuff with them, so now she's just, like, completely forgotten her paranoia and is going straight for, you know, oh my god, I, I can do this stuff, I need to do more, like, she's... The, the dopamine has, effect has taken place in her <laughs> brain, and now she's hooked on it. I know
0: I'd be excited if I suddenly had like eight superpowers.
1: Uh, would Would any of us not?
2: I mean, I'd so far really he hasn't led her, her astray, though. It's true. So she not she's she got reason anyway. to trust him. She just having her brother pop into her head, but like she wants to be a part of this. And she's enjoying, I guess, that things are different, but she's still living her her reality where she can't trust anyone. But how is she ever going to learn if she doesn't jump into it either? This is the only guy who's going to teach her.
0: Okay. well That is the end of the chapter. So let's... Any final thoughts from anybody before we move into predictions?
3: Yeah. uh, I I think that I I really like these two chapters. I hope that we get to see more of Ben kind of discovering how her powers work. And I hope that she kind of learns to trust these people a little bit more and becomes more in sync with them and doing the job i I think that'd be really neat to see that character development
0: yeah
2: i don't think we're going to see vin run away anytime soon i mean she's definitely shaping up to be a main character i don't think she's just going to cut and run and and leave everyone behind i think she will learn to to trust these people and yeah sort of live that way i mean she's always going to be paranoid you know you can't lose your past but that that could turn out to be a good,
3: yeah.
2: be a bad thing later on, especially if she's, you know, potentially going to go undercover as part of this crew, you know, not trusting people. But she she can stand back, she she can watch, she she knows, you know, where her exits are. She I think she'd be quite safe in those situations because she would be looking out for different things. So I, I think she'll be I think she'll be okay.
0: So you don't think her inexperience or maybe – I mean, she's really young, even though she's so paranoid. So she may even have some kind of naivety about about oh, some of the things that she has encountered before when she starts going undercover.
2: Look, she'll probably make – you know, there's probably a point where she'll possibly become a little bit cocky or something, and, and she will mess mm-hmm. up. I don't think it's going to go all smooth sailing for her, but I think overall she's, she's, she's pretty smart. Uh, like, I think – yeah, I think she'll be okay with this crew. Okay. I did have a thought, sorry, before about um, in the, the first chapter we covered, I'm really interested to see how the morality of Breeze's crew, not crew, an army together. I just, we've had that discussion between Breeze and Ham, I think before about, you know, like it's not right. You know, you can't just make people do your will. And I feel like this is now exactly what they're asking for him to use his powers to, to, raise an army mm. po- against their will i mean they've already proven that they're not they don't want to step up they don't want to be a part of this are we about to have an army of people that it, they didn't make the choice to do this so I'm a little bit nervous about how that's going to go long term
0: Yeah, and i mean you kind of have to wonder if they're only if they only do it because breeze kind of you know allomancies them into it what happens when they, you know, go off to these caves and start training and there's no longer someone there kind of messing with their emotions?
2: Yeah, exactly. Do they stop Do they stop once that... I mean, he, he's quite powerful for, from all accounts that we've heard so far, but when that stops, is it in his presence that that's a thing? How are they going to make this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, do they need to just really influence a few core people and the others will follow? Are they really going to, you know, pull on the emotions of... 10,000 people yeah it's a little bit worrying
0: yeah I can definitely see that there's a very big moral question there okay let's do some predictions how about Dak? you want to start what do you, what do you predict
1: I don't know now that they have laid out the plan I'm going back to my all right you know you've like once you lay out a plan before it, like in fiction before it happens something about that plan goes wrong and mm-hmm. I, I think it's gonna be Vin at this point I think like she's she's' Like, yeah, she's she's feeling confident now that she's got her Alamancy, but I think when it comes down to actually, you know, having to impersonate a noble and go into that, she's going to, like, be terrified. I feel like she's probably, just from what Doxon mentions, like, he actually did bump into the Lord Ruler himself at one point, I feel like Vin's probably going to have that, and she's going to freak the hell out when that happens. Mm, um, yeah,
0: I would, probably. That's terrifying.
1: Oh, yeah. But beyond that, I'm still not sure. Like, they keep mentioning, like, these coloss or coloss creatures yep. Yep. Uh, in in the plans. And I was like, all right, they're still being very coy about what those are. So at some point, those are going to, those are going to um, factor in and it's going to be hell. But beyond that, I don't have too much in the way of solid predictions of what's coming up. Okay.
0: What about you, Jamie? You got any other predictions?
1: I think the
2: Lord ruler seems to have a pretty good idea of things going on when they talk about, you know, the Lord ruler knows about the caves. He just doesn't care. Um, I think that maybe these guys, they're not going to be as stealthy as they think they are. And I think that the, I, I'm not sure which stage of the plan, but I think that, yeah, the Lord ruler is going to know what's going on much quicker than they anticipate he will. So whether <laughs> whether stuff's going to go down in the next couple of chapters or whether it's going to be or anything like that. But i I would predict that, yeah, he'll know what's going on and, yeah, things will go pretty badly at some point.
0: Interesting. So the Lord rule is more on the ball than they're getting, giving him credit for. Okay. What about you, Joe? What do you got?
3: You know, with everything that's happening right now, I'm trying to think what what, what, what I would think is immediately going to happen next. I'm, I'm more focused on the next piece of the story. Cause I feel like every time I, I make a prediction about what's going to happen next, the book takes a turn. I, I'm not expecting. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm going to keep my I'm going to keep my predictions pretty close to where we are now. So in the next chapter, I predict that we're going to see probably maybe a little bit of time skip, uh, a little jump. And, and um, I'm hoping that we get some kind of development that we haven't seen before with these characters where we get to see Vin interacting one on one. With with uh, maybe some of the other characters like maybe one on one with Breeze like helping him do things, one on one with Hammond helping him do things, um, and uh, or maybe even she she spends some time with clubs and learns to craft something you know just I'm I'm kind of hoping that we get to see a little bit more character development between Vin and uh, some of the other characters that are not Kelsey or Dachshund. so
0: yeah yeah somebody theorized last time that everyone would kind of get their own everyone of the crew would get their own kind of like moment where they got to show off what they did. So that would kind of fit. If Vin's going to spend some time with some of them, maybe. Okay. Well, I, bl- I think that's it for today's episode. Uh, next week we are going to be covering chapters eight, and eight nine and nine. Yeah, thank, thank you for getting there before me. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's 8 and 9, but once again, <laughs> I never trust myself. I'm like, I have it in my head what it's going to be, and I don't trust myself. I'm going to say it wrong, so I take too long. Yes, 8 and 9, that's what we're doing next time, Everybody, anybody who's reading along. And to answer questions that I've gotten, the the intro and outro song uh, that's called My Revolution by Miracle of Sound, check them out. There is a link on our Podbean page uh, over in the links to uh, his website love his music he's one of the only people that i support on patreon uh, because i really love his stuff i think that's about it anybody got last thoughts you want to share before we head out no all good no all for me okay good deal well thanks everybody for listening and we will see you next time